Warning, this podcast includes discussion of severe mental health disorders. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Psychosis Is. I am your host, Erin Wall. A few years ago, I experienced a major psychotic break and have since made a full recovery. Each week, we will dive into a story of psychosis and discuss their tales of struggle and recovery, as well as my own. I hope this podcast brings awareness that recovery is always possible, even when you have lost all hope. This podcast does not include editing, so what you hear is what you get. Let's welcome our guest. Uh, so our guest this week it has chosen to appear anonymously, so we are going to just dive right in. So what event caused your psychotic break? Do you, do you know? Well, um, thank you, first of all, for having me as a guest on your podcast. I really appreciate being here uh, to share my story. And my psychosis started as a teenager and I didn't really know that it was psychosis at the time. I was, uh, actually it started when I got a Ouija board and I used to play with this Ouija board and speak to spirits. And I believe that there were spirits trapped inside the board. So I got a knife and scratched the back of the board off to, I guess you could say, free the spirits. Oh my and once I did that, once I did that, I started hearing voices. And those, unbeknownst to me at the time, were my very first auditory hallucinations. Now, these voices used to tell me um, they would have threats against me telling anybody about it. So they mm -hmm. said that they were mad and take over my body. And it caused me a lot of fear and anxiety. And uh, I uh, had this problem. I believed that uh, the spirits could read my mind. I believed that I could read or that other people could read my mind. And it led to a bit of a psychotic break that I didn't really know was psychosis at the time. It was just uh, me hearing the voices of these spirits that uh, were very real to me. And uh, I'm not discounting other people's experience with spirits, but um, this was just my experience. And uh, yeah, it was my first symptoms of mental illness um, from, uh, yeah, speaking to spirits. Yeah. And that's super crazy. Uh, so when did you say that happened? Like how old were you and, and what, what year? Um, I was probably about 15 years old and, uh, I don't know what year that was. I'm not good at math on the fly, <laughs> but, okay. um, uh, yeah, I was about 15 and I dealt with these symptoms for many years alone, afraid and anxious to talk about it with anybody. And it wasn't until my symptoms uh, got worse when I was in my 20s. And uh, I uh, was living in Hawaii at the time and I started uh, feel, hearing more voices and they were becoming threatening. And uh, I started self-harming because I believed that the spirits that were inside my head would be uh, would come out of my body in blood. So I would cut myself to um, try to get these spirits out of my body and it didn't work, but, uh, that was in my twenties. And, um, so things got, things got unbearable at, at that point. Yeah. So far it's, our stories are uh, pretty different. So I had my first psychotic break in August, 2017. Uh, I had a lot of stress going on before, but I think what really tipped me over the edge is that I took acid and I had like a really horrible 
12 to 14 hour agonizing acid trip. And then like a week or so later, I spiraled into psychosis. So mine has been going on. Well, I mean, I haven't had psychosis since then, but it's very different to see, oh, I played with a, you played with a Ouija board and you got into psychosis from these spirits. And I, it it came on by a uh, horrible uh, acid trip. So yeah, it's crazy to see the difference. Yeah. You never know what's going to cause it and uh, how your body's going to handle something and, and deal with uh, these, you know, instances. So. Yeah. So when you were in psychosis, uh, did you know you were uh, at, at any time or did someone tell you that you were? I knew something was wrong. I hadn't really heard a lot about psychosis at that point um, because I just, I, nobody had ever told me about it and I never talked about it because I was too scared and anxious. Um, but it was finally when I was living in Hawaii I, and had been self-harming, I reached out to a doctor and uh, they said, you know, that sounds like you're having some mental issues and we'll call you back and uh, discuss that. And then they never called me back, but that gave me the idea of, oh my gosh, maybe I have a mental illness. And, yeah. uh, and so I waited for, you know, weeks and finally the doctors did call back. But by that point, I was too nervous to talk about it anymore. So I, I never followed through with that uh, time that I reached out for help. Yeah. And so you reached out for help and you didn't receive it. You're kind of brushed off. How many, how many times did you have to reach out for help before you, you, before you received it? Um, actually quite a few. Well, not quite a few, about three. And, mm-hmm. uh, after I had reached out for help while living in Hawaii, I, uh, went back to being too scared to talk about it and, uh, tried to deal with it on my own. And then when I was living in San Diego, um, my symptoms, again, got worse and I was unable to handle it. And I reached out to a program through UCSD and uh, they said, our person is uh, out today, but they'll call you tomorrow. Or they said for me to call back tomorrow. And uh, when I did, I called back, they said, oh, that person's out sick today. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the universe telling me like, don't talk about this. Every time you've reached out for help, something's come up and you haven't been able to get help for this. So, you know, I was afraid I was going to lose my job if I got help. And uh, so I took that as a sign of just like, let's not get help. And then uh, finally, I did reach out again, because things were just unbearable. And I was unable to work and I was self harming and I was having all these voices and you know, things were just out of control. And uh, I did reach out and they got back to me very quickly. And uh, that was the beginning of when I started therapy and medication. And when was that? That was, I was, uh, I think I was like 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so what I didn't mention before is that uh, this guest is like important to me actually because we were in uh, recovery together. I actually met her when I lived in San Diego at some point. And uh, how it went when I reached out for help is, I mean, I honestly, I received the best care that I could get, but I kind of uh, give the credit to that 
for to my family because my family kind of helped me along the entire way through my recovery. Uh, and I was only hospitalized two times within like a three month time frame. How many times were you hospitalized? I've been hospitalized multiple times. Um, probably, I want to say maybe six or seven. Wow. Um, it has been a lot. The first time I was hospitalized was because I was having suicidal urges. And um, I've actually had uh, some suicide attempts in the past. And uh, I made an attempt and happened to, I was, I was going to overdose on pills. And I texted my therapist while I was doing that, just saying, I can't give into this. The, the spirits that were talking to me were telling me to kill myself. And uh, my therapist reached out to the, uh, the PERT team. So the, mm-hmm. the, anyways, the ambulance came and took me to the hospital and um, I'd had, I'd probably, yeah, about six or seven times after that with the symptoms telling me to kill myself and suicidal urges and self-harm urges. And uh, I've had excellent care at the hospitals and um, definitely helped they have helped in my recovery. Okay. And uh, when, when you were in psychosis or when you were in the hospital, did you have like auditory or visual hallucinations or did you experience both? Um, I had mostly just auditory hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I had, I don't think you would call it a visual hallucination, but I would have this uh, symptom where everything that I looked at seemed like it was two-dimensional and made out of cardboard and you get lost in this like two-dimensional world and it was really terrifying because I didn't know if I was going to come out of it and like have reality look like it should and uh but mostly it was auditory hallucinations that I'd been having the whole time and uh they were making me very anxious and you know it wasn't until therapy that I was able to help uh, myself and help cope with these hallucinations. And like, what kind of things did they say when I was in psychosis? I had a uh, auditory and visual hallucinations as well. But like the auditory things, like I could hear quote unquote flies talking behind my back. Uh, I thought that I was Jesus. I thought that I was the devil. I saw like really scary things. Um, but like, yeah, what, what kind of things did your auditory hallucinations say? Um, some of the, the the spirits would tell me that they wanted me to die um, and that I should kill myself because they want me to be a spirit with them because they were lonely and um, thought that I would, uh, I guess, be a good friend. I don't know. <laughs> they would they would tell me to die and uh, and to hurt myself and. Um, sometimes it was just, you know, nothing specific. They would, they would just say, I I can't even remember, but, uh, the, the most common thing they would tell me to do was to commit suicide. Yeah. And it had to have been really scary. I mean, was it like a constant thing too? Could you, could you not turn the voices off? I never had, they weren't there. 100% 100% of the time, but they would come up uh, at various times throughout the day, and uh, I would get very 
preoccupied with them and it mm -hmm. made it very difficult to work and to focus on other life chores uh, because I was constantly dealing with these, these spirits telling me to, you know, to kill myself and to, mm -hmm. and if I talk about it with anybody, they're going to take over my body and make me do things. And, you know, so I was just in constant fear that uh, I was, I was going to lose control of my own body. For sure. So uh, you said that you lived in San Diego and you lived in Hawaii. So uh, like where, where were you hospitalized? Uh, in San Diego was my mm -hmm. first hospitalization. And uh, it was at uh, Start Mesa Vista, which is an excellent hospital, and uh, I received excellent care there. Um, I received uh, ECT treatment. It's uh, electroconvulsive therapy. Mm -hmm. and, um, my longest hospital stay was about six weeks, and I was receiving a, uh, a course of this ECT treatment. It was uh, for, I think it was like three treatments a week for um, a month or for five weeks. And what they do is they put you under anesthesia and they hook up electrodes to your body. And um, while you are unconscious, they deliver a shock of electricity to your brain, which causes a seizure. And that seizure is supposed to help with symptoms of uh, depression and psychosis. And uh, I noticed that it really did help me. Mm -hmm. We continued on with that. I uh, had a treatment this morning. And oh, uh, I go? oh, it went great. They, uh, it, it's a quick in and out uh, procedure. I still follow up. I do uh, about every two to three weeks. I continue with that treatment and it really seems to help uh, in my recovery. Yeah. So actually it's interesting that you say that because when I, I don't remember like actually hearing this, but I think my mom talked about it. Uh, they actually suggested it's called ECT, right? Yeah, they suggested that I do that too. But my mom, she didn't want me to do that, and I don't know exactly why. But I guess the you know the shock just kind of scared her. But I'm really glad that it and I'm yeah, I'm glad that it works for you. That's awesome. I mean, everything works different for everybody. Absolutely. And it wasn't until recently that we found a medication cocktail that worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um first reached out for help they started me on uh, risperidone and um, it uh, helped a little bit but not fully and over the years we've tried lots of different combinations of medications and uh, finally have found a cocktail that seems to really uh, keep the spirits away <laughs> and my symptoms away. Okay and what what is this cocktail that works for you? Oh yeah um, I'm taking clozapine mm -hmm. and LFI, and uh, I take some other medications as well that are not for psychosis. Um, but uh, but for the most part, the the two, the Abilify and clozapine working together, have really helped with my mood because I did suffer from depression um, mm -hmm. as well while I was going through all of these uh, psychotic symptoms. I was feeling very depressed as well which led to the suicidal thoughts and the, uh, you know, not good feelings, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, uh, the Abilify and the Clozapine have been helpful. The Clozapine is kind of a pain in the butt because you have to get a blood test every week. Um, 
in order for the database to monitor uh, the dispensing of that drug. But mm -hmm. uh, but hey, it's a it's a chore I'm willing to do happily because uh, I have never felt better in many exactly. years. And when you were hospitalized, how was your treatment there? Like, what kind of treatment did you receive in the hospital, if you remember? Yeah, um, a lot of it was uh, group therapy. They would mm -hmm. do psychology groups and uh, and music therapy and um, just different uh, different groups they would hold. And then I was uh, given trials of different medications, so it was uh, a safe place for me to try. Mm -hmm. uh, different medications and uh um and then I got the ECT treatment while I was there but uh, the nurses were unbelievable I mean they cared about me as a person and as a patient and uh I just have nothing but good things to say about Sharp Mesa Vista yeah so that's that's nice uh one thing so I've actually done a, a couple different interviews so far one thing I've noticed actually is no one's ever mentioned catatonia. So when I was in the hospital, I was catatonic. I'm not sure if you know what that means, but it's like you were moving and you just freeze and you're frozen for a few moments, seconds, sometimes minutes, and you just move again. So yeah, I've never, yeah, I kind of had that same experience that you did. Uh, all of the nurses loved me, you know, that they're happy and they're great when you move on but they all my nurses were actually kind of upset that I was leaving because I was such a good patient I was so happy uh but there was one nurse who I I forgot her name I hope I can remember it sometime uh who really really fought for me and she kept telling the doctors over and over again she's catatonic she's catatonic like you need to give her this different medication so it's so great you know there there's some there's sometimes there's people that just don't care about you at all and want to do their job but then there's those other people though that go above and beyond treat you so nicely and just completely look out for you and I'm so fortunate to have had that experience with my nurses and my doctors and I'm so glad that you did too yeah, I really think it makes such a big difference when you have a good support system to fall exactly. back on. Mm -hmm. You know, and my been nothing but helpful and supportive. My mom, uh, my parents are up in Canada, and my mom uh, flew down and spent a couple weeks with me while I was still recovering from um, a, an episode, and uh, just to have, just to have their support really meant everything. Okay, and. Uh... So I know you've been in and out of psychosis for it seems like a really long time. During this time, have you ever experienced derealization? And do you do you know what derealization is? Um, I don't know what that is. Would you explain it? Okay, so I've actually I didn't know what it was for the longest time either. But there's this guy that I watch on TikTok. His name is a Jesse Catches, and he's like a mental health activist. And he did this video one time explaining derealization. I actually quote him in my book, and it's kind of like you're in between. And once I once I explain it, you might have actually experienced it. But it's kind of an in between state of psychosis and reality. So. For me, it's like I'm sitting there, my head is super, super foggy, I'm in a very, very heightened state of anxiety, but I'm still aware, like I can decipher between reality and non-reality, right and wrong, but I just feel 
horrible. Like my brain is letting go, but I'm able to pull myself back. So it's kind of like a fuzzy dream where you just don't feel fully there. Okay. Yeah. No, I can't think of a time that that's happened to me actually. Well, yeah. So I experienced that two or three times and I'm so proud of myself that I was able to pull myself out of it. But yeah, it's interesting because I've interviewed a few other people and a few other people were like, what are you talking about? I don't know. (laughs) All of our stories are different. (laughs) I know it's crazy, but so many people, there's so many people that are similar and so many people that are different. And I'm like, it's so interesting to see the similarities and see the differences. That's kind of partially why I'm doing this. But uh, yeah. So I know you touched on this subject earlier. Uh, You thought about suicide. You attempted suicide. Uh, When I was in psychosis, I thought about suicide a lot. I never attempted it. But I remember that there was this time I was in my room. I was like pacing back and forth, throwing my head into my hands. I felt like I just wanted to stab my brain because it hurt so much. And I remember... Yeah, I remember looking down at my wrist and I was like, what would it be like if I just slipped my wrist? And, you know, hopefully the pain would just go away. But I was fortunate enough, like basically the entire time that I was in psychosis, that I was never alone. So during this time, I think I was alone for like 30 seconds and I just was like able to think about this. And that. I don't remember really any other time really thinking about it. I just I know it was there. I just, I don't have the best memory. Yeah, yeah, no worries. My memory is completely shot as well from the ECT treatments. That's one side effect is uh, memory loss. And uh, I have suffered that extensively. So, um, (laughs) you know, with my suicide attempts, I was always in such a dark place and the spirits were telling me to kill myself and do this and do that. And I uh, attempted to overdose on trazodone because I was just thinking- uh, and trazodone is a sleep medication. And I was thinking, I'll just take a whole canister of it and go to sleep and never wake up. And and that will be better for everybody because I'm an inconvenience to people. And, and I'm feeling all these suicidal thoughts. And, you know, it's just, I should do that because that's what's better. And uh, luckily, I was uh, uh, transported to the hospital before I was able to actually com- complete my suicide attempt yeah I would just like to say as a little sidebar like I'm just I'm so glad that you're still here because fortunately for us and unfortunately for others there's so many people that struggle and they they don't they don't come back from it their their brain or the voices or whatever they're going through it, it takes completely over and you know they let go they actually kill themselves and it's so very unfortunate but then you have to look at the fortunate, you know, like we thought about it. We see that side and we were able to fight and we're still here. Yeah. I'm so thankful now because I am mostly uh, enjoying recovery. I've, I'm so thankful that I was able to make it through those dark times and I wouldn't have been able to do it without my wife. And, uh, you know, she's been the biggest support for me and, um, you know, supports my hospital stays. I said, Oh, I don't want to back to the hospital again. And she says, if you need to go, you need to go. And I support that. Exactly. And so, you know, knowing that I have her, you know, she's got my back helps me through every day. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I know you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I kind of want to go back to it. Uh, what kind of treatment are you on now? So right now I take uh, just the medication 
the Quadril and uh, Abilify. I do the ECT treatments every other week. And um, I also participate in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, have a great therapist that I absolutely adore. And, uh, and my psychiatrist has been absolutely the most supportive doctor uh, that I've ever had. She's, she's unbelievable. So that's pretty much everything I'm doing right now. Do you just do individual therapy or do you go to group therapy still? Uh, just individual therapy for now. And, uh, and I don't work full time anymore uh, because that was leading to a lot of stress and I'm trying to keep my, my stress. I know stress is a big trigger for me as well. So uh, I'm just uh, working part time so that I don't overdo it and uh, fall back into psychosis from stress related reasons. It's really important. So last time we talked, I was actually not taking any medication. I was on as needed anxiety medication, but I have, yeah, I have a lot of uh, different things going on. I just uh, quit a job. I just got a new job. Um, I have a lot Thank you. Uh, I just got, I have a bunch of bills and I kind of have to figure out how to afford them. So I have a lot of uh, stress factors and like different life experiences hitting me. So I was like, okay, maybe I should be on a mood stabilizer again for a little bit. So I just got on, yeah, I just got on Lamectel and uh, uh, I was feeling kind of weird today, kind of iffy, kind of off, but it it passed. So I don't want to just stop it right away. I kind of want to see if, if it, evens out and I'm okay but uh mm-hmm. I'm I'm still able to take my as needed anxiety medication if I want to and I do individual therapy and I see my psychiatrist so that's kind of where I'm at right now awesome I know it seems to work really well um getting the mix of medication and therapy yeah and um I'm on Lamectel did you did you ever take Lamectel I've never taken Lamectel I've heard about it before um, but I have never taken it personally. Okay. And uh, so where where are you now in your recovery? Do you know, do you think you're doing really well or do you have any worries? I think right now is the best I've felt in, I want to say years. I mean, wow. that sounds yeah. so great. I'm able to work part-time. I, I'm not really suffering from depression at the moment. And my psychosis has pretty much been under control now for the past uh, little while and um, I just don't I'm I don't feel like it's coming back I feel like what I'm doing now is uh, is helping me with you know pretty much a full recovery I'll probably still always have to be on medication and therapy and everything but uh, that's a small price to pay for feeling this good yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose between my brain shutting down all the time or medication and therapy, I think I would probably choose medication and therapy every day. Exactly, exactly. Uh, But no, I mean, I'm so glad that you're doing well. I feel like doing these interviews, I feel like I am definitely one of the luckier ones. I mean, I just think that personally, I feel like a lot of people think that they're lucky. But I've only been in psychosis really once. Uh, It was in 2017. I got out of the hospital uh, August, uh, no, Halloween of 2017. It's been almost, I think over almost five years and no, over five years. I haven't had any relapse. I just, and I just feel like I'm so lucky. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm so happy for you and I'm so glad to have met you in our, uh, you know, in our recovery story and 
just to see that you're doing well is amazingly wonderful. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you're doing so well too, because hearing your story, it's so different than mine, like actually attempting suicide, uh, like uh, hearing voices all the time. And meanwhile, I, yeah, I thought about it, but I never got close. So like, I'm just so glad that you're still here. Yeah, and, I think this is yeah. a great podcast. And I'm so excited to hear everybody else's stories that you're going to be sharing. And, and yeah, and sorry, I'm so glad too, like, because I'm building a community as well, because I think psychosis, whenever I ask random, random people, most, most of the time, nobody's heard of psychosis. They've heard of schizophrenia, but psychosis, they're like, what is that? Unless there's some kind of medical background that they have, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm like, I'm trying to build a community with this podcast, like let people know that it's okay, that recovery is possible, that, you know, we're, you could be next to someone on the train and they've been through psychosis and they have huge mental health disorders, but they're still a normal person. Like our mental health doesn't define us. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I think a big part of my um, recovery was actually finding out that I had a diagnosis and mm -hmm. uh, which was schizoaffective disorder, depressive type. Um, so the very first time I heard that I had a diagnosis, that was like first step to recovery because I was like, oh, this is a treatable, uh, this is a treatable condition. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, one of the first steps to recovery for me. Yeah, I think my biggest issue with uh, recovery too was up until I was 25, up until I went through a psychosis, I never knew that I was bipolar. So when I was six years old, give or take, I was diagnosed with ADHD and I never understood why I had ADHD because I never had any issue focusing in school. I got perfect good grades. I was a teacher's pet. I loved learning. I still love learning. So it never made sense to me that I had ADHD. And after I got out of psychosis, they were like, yeah, she's bipolar one. I'm like, okay. So a quarter of my life, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know I had this huge mental disorder. So now I just kind of have to relearn who I am at the age of 25. Absolutely. And like take the first steps towards recovery because you can't recover from something if you don't know what you have. Exactly. But I'm so yeah. glad. To, I'm so glad to know. So. Uh, so I do have a few closing questions for you. Of course. Uh, do you regret psychosis? Do you like going through it? And if you do, what would you do differently? Um, I don't regret it because through the process of uh, learning, you know, recovery and everything, I learned so much about myself and uh, how to handle emotions and how to deal with anxiety and um and things like that. Uh, so I, I just wish that I would have gotten help sooner, I think is my only regret. Um, because it was, you know, so much of my life was defined by this mental illness that, uh, you know, I just wish that, uh, I was feeling this good earlier, but, um, but no, I, I don't regret going through it because I did learn so much about myself and it was such a big part of me that it really defined who I am as a person. So, yeah. So I don't regret psychosis either, honestly. And it's, it's really kind of sad to say, but I'm building such a life around it. Like yeah. I wrote a book 
about my experience. I'm starting this podcast, bringing awareness, uh, bringing, making a community. So I, I think maybe I regret how it happened. Like maybe I regret taking the drugs and I, and I regret the 14 hour agonizing uh, acid trip that I had to go through. But if I didn't go to, if I didn't go through psychosis, I might've gone my entire life without knowing the huge part of me that I know now that I'm bipolar. So I'm, I'm thankful that I went through psychosis. I'm thankful that I went through that experience because if I didn't, I wouldn't know who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So what piece of advice would you give someone who is also struggling, somebody struggling with mental health or psychosis, et cetera? Well, I think the most important thing to always remember and that people told me as well was just not to give up mm -hmm. and to trust in yourself and the recovery process because it might be, um, you know, it might not happen right away, but uh, the steps you that you take towards recovery will in the end uh, help you. So just, just don't give up and, uh, and stay strong. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, kind of piggyback off of that. Don't give up, believe in yourself, eat, ab advocate for yourself. Because unfortunately, you, I think you and I have been kind of lucky in the sense that our doctors actually listen to us. But there's so many doctors out there that ignore your requests. I've actually seen some people that I've been trying to get help in, and their doctors have been pushing them off. Like, be your biggest advocate because nobody else is inside your brain. Nobody else knows what you're going through. So you have mm -hmm. to. And it takes hard work. So recovery is totally possible. Don't give up and just keep pushing. Yep, I, I definitely agree with that 100%. So if anyone wants to know more about uh, your story, if it's okay with you, I'm going to put your uh, blog in the show notes. Absolutely. I would love to share that with people. It uh, goes in depth of uh, my my experiences and is even a post about what's a mental hospital like yeah. <laughs> so you can you know read about my experiences uh, with recovery I would uh, be honored to have you share that yeah and if anyone wants just more in depth about my story I'm actually I'm also going to post the book that I wrote in the show notes so it's been great having you and I just want everyone to know that it's okay to not be okay and definitely don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it yeah I piggyback on that. <laughs> if you would like to learn more about the story of our guests this week, a link to her blog will be posted in the show notes. And if you would like to learn more about my story, a link to my book will also be posted in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Psychosis Is. If you or anyone you know or a family member has experienced psychosis before and you would like to share your story, please reach out to me at psychosisinquiries at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you.